It's a Friday night just after your 24th birthday, and you decide, you know what, you want to go out on the town and celebrate the big occasion with your friends. So you spend a night bar hopping and trying all the new things that you may have not been able to experience a year before. In the morning, the following morning, you wake up with a pounding headache, nausea, etc. And you ask yourself, man, I think I overdid it last night. But what is it about alcohol that causes these hangover symptoms? And what does alcohol actually do to the brain? Well, you know what? Let's talk about that on today's episode of The Science Behind That. Welcome to The Science Behind That with Atticus Hamilton. Hello, everybody, and welcome on back to The Science Behind That podcast. I hope you guys are doing good. I know I'm doing good. Um, Now, listen, before we get started with today's episode... I'm going to invite all of you to go grab yourself a steaming hot cup of coffee, add a little bit of maple syrup in it. Not too much. We don't want all that fructose, just a little bit to keep it spicy. And uh, we're going to jump right into today's episode. So as you heard from the intro, we're going to be talking about alcohol. Uh, And alcohol is actually kind of interesting. Um, For those of you who are brand new to my podcast, welcome. Welcome. Um, I did an episode about why we get hangovers uh, a year ago, actually. It was the eighth episode of this podcast, Um, and that was a really interesting episode. You guys seem to really enjoy that one, and um, because I think just because, you know, that's something that affects pretty much everybody, at least everybody over the age of 21 here in America, and even in America I know, I know you guys, it's probably affected some of you under the age of 21. Anyway, <laughs> um, you don't have to worry, I'm not going to rat you out. Um, so we're talking about alcohol today, and I feel like the best place to start with this is just to emphasize the fact that, ladies and gentlemen, alcohol is a drug. In the same way that caffeine is a drug, alcohol is a drug. Um, and oftentimes, I find people... Um, People have been coming to me for medical advice, which is kind of funny. I will always give you advice. I'm not a doctor yet, knock on wood, but uh, <laughs> um, I will always give you guys advice if you come asking. Um, but I frequently find that that people don't really consider alcohol a drug. Um, surprisingly, also people don't consider marijuana a drug. Um, from my friends in the that I've learned from my friends in the clinical practice, which I think is interesting. But alcohol is a drug. Um, and it actually affects a lot of different regions in the brain. I know that in at least in elementary or not elementary school, middle school here in the United States, I know that it's a big thing to say. Now kids, remember, don't drink. You know, we 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 kind of our drug education in the United States is not the best and that we kind of just, you know, briefly run over what it does kind of, but we don't really discuss what it actually does. We don't discuss what regions of the brain alcohol affects. We don't discuss the beneficial effects. We only talk about the negative effects, right? What are the beneficial effects of alcohol? Well, any any of you guys who who have used it knows that, you know, it can be fun to to drink with friends and to have a good time, right? Because 
one of the effects of alcohol consumption is increased euphoria, right? You feel happy. Uh, and that can be a good thing. You know, we all need to feel happy in our lives. Just when somebody uses alcohol as a sole motive or as a sole method of feeling happy, that's when bad things happen, right? So I think the best place to start is to talk about um, the three, I, I guess, most targeted regions of the brain. I feel weird saying most targeted because. Grammatically, it's kind of a funky sentence, and um, medically, scientifically, you know, alcohol affects all of these regions of the brain similarly. Um, so, total alcohol affects um, eight regions of the brain. Uh, sorry, I was just going over my notes here. Eight regions of the brain, and the these three are the top three. So, the nucleus accumbens. Uh, glutamate receptors, and of course, GABA receptors. Um, and both, as we did with marijuana, we're going to discuss what these regions do normally and then what they um, do on alcohol. So normally speaking, the nucleus accumbens um, is in the middle of the brain, so it's in the midbrain, and it's crucial for the um, addiction and reward pathway of the brain. Um so the nucleus accumbens, because of that, it maintains motivation, pleasure sense, senses. Uh, I, I can never say this word. I'm sorry, ladies and gentlemen. Satiety? Satiety? I.e. not being hungry or thirsty. Um, and memory. Uh, it functions a little bit in memory. Not so, th so this is actually kind of interesting. If you just Google what the nucleus accumbens does, you'll get mixed information. But primarily, the nucleus accumbens affects memory in, in the sense of emotional memory. So it has a role more in emotional memory than it does in um, uh, like factual, factual memory. And um, emotional memory is also called episodic memory. And... What is an example of this, you may ask? An example of episodic memory is, for example, um, remembering a time when you met a loved one at an airport, right? You remember everything about it. You remember the emotion. You remember, you know, what they were wearing, etc. And the nucleus accumbens is primarily going to be dealing with the emotion, emotional aspect of that um, episodic memory. And then for reference... Uh, memory of like factual information is called semantic memory. Um, so that's what the nucleus accumbens does. Uh, so we'll, 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 it's important for a euphoria, but we'll discuss that in a minute. Next are glutamate receptors. Now, glutamate receptors aren't like a region of the brain per se. Uh, they're kind of scattered throughout the brain. Glutamate receptors are. They're kind of scattered throughout the brain and... Um, Ultimately, what glutamate receptors are, they're receptors that will bind to a ligand that will initiate the release of glutamate. Now, what does glutamate do? Glutamate is a neurotransmitter that excites neurons. It's, it's, um, it's an activating neurotransmitter. Um, and it excites all different types of neurons, not just one type of neuron. Um, but it's really involved in um, uh, like stimulation. So 
yeah, uh, not yesterday, but last week we talked about caffeine. Um, and caffeine has an effect on glutamate receptors um, to a degree, uh, which is part of the resulting feeling of being aroused, being ready to do what you need to do, um, and cognitively aroused, ladies and gentlemen, not the sexually aroused that I know some of you were thinking. Um, and so that's kind of what glutamate does. It's an excitatory neurotransmitter, so it excites neurons, and it gets somebody, um, you know, ready to do things, ready to go. And then, of course, GABA receptors are also affected by um, alcohol. And uh, what is GABA? GABA is the primary inhibitory neurotransmitter in the brain. I believe we talked about GABA um, in the uh, marijuana episode um, that, that we had. We talked about GABA, but ultimately GABA is the go-to inhibitory neurotransmitter. So it inhibits all different types of neurons, motor neurons, sensory neurons, uh, higher level cognitive neurons, um, and alcohol affects that region. So let's start with that. So what alcohol does is it basically binds to GABA receptors and it activates these receptors. Um, So they're... Alcohol is going to be a synergist, which means it works with the receptor. So it will bind to the receptor and it will activate the GABA receptors, which will, as as you would expect, increase the expression of GABA in the brain, which consequently uh, decreases various things such as um, neuronal activation, uh, glutamate, Ironically, it, it you know it will decrease the response of the responsiveness of neurons to glutamate, um, and so this is why alcohol is is a depressant because it is a depressant and um, it slows down um, CNS function basically and a bit of PNS function but mainly CNS and CNS is central nervous system, PNS is peripheral nervous system. Next, alcohol binds to glutamate receptors, and when that happens, um, in this instance, it's going to be what's called a competitive antagonist, Uh, and and a competitive antagonist is something that will bind to the active site of a receptor or an enzyme and prevent its target substrate or ligand from binding. Um, and that's exactly what happens here. So alcohol will bind in the active site to, or on the glutamate receptors, and it will block the activation of glutamate receptors, thereby inhibiting the release of glutamate, uh, and, and thereby perpetuating this depressive state. And by depressive, ladies and gentlemen, I don't mean, oh, I'm depressed. I mean, slow. So in medicine, depressive can mean both chronic depression and other depressive disorders, i.e. mood disorders, or it can be slowed down, right? Depressive, uh, retarded, uh, slowed down, right? You retard blood flow where you slow down blood flow, or in this case, you you depress uh, neuronal action, basically. Depress, suppress, very similar, same thing. Um, nucleus accumbens, as we said, is inhibited or is, uh, um, affected by alcohol. And what happens here is alcohol will affect this region of the brain and 
increase the release or expression of dopamine in the brain because as we said the nucleus accumbens is is important for um, the addiction pathway reward pleasure etc and that involves dopamine and so alcohol will binds to various receptors in this region of the brain and increase the trans uh, translation of um, of dopamine basically and the release of dopamine and that um, symptomatically then results in feelings of euphoria, well-being, blah, 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 blah. And because this is one of the central regions of the addiction pathway, this can be, or this is one of the reasons why alcohol is so addictive. Okay. Now the five other regions of the brain that are infected are the or affected are the frontal lobes, hippocampus, cerebellum, hypothalamus, pituitary, med- and medulla. I guess that's six, but whatever. <laughs> uh, frontal lobe, hi- hi- uh, hippocampus, cerebellum, hypothalamus, pituitary, and medulla. Um, and I-, I believe, actually, ironically, all these same regions of the brain were affected with marijuana. But for those of you who have not heard that episode yet. Let's let's go through what they do briefly. Frontal lobe is the basically the frontal lobe includes the neocortex or at least part of the neocortex and is therefore primarily responsible for higher level thinking, higher lev- level cognitive processes, right? So it's going to be higher level cognition, thought, memory and judgment. Hippocampus is um involved in memory. That's about it. <laughs> Um, it's primarily involved in memory. Um, cerebellum is, it's responsible for balance and movement, but specific types of movement. Um, and so if you go on the internet and look up, what does alcohol affect? Um, you, you'll, you'll probably find a list, um, of the structures and they may mention the cerebellum and say how it's a, the movement center of the brain. That is technically not accurate, ladies and gentlemen. The movement center of the brain is called the motor cortex, and that's a small brand, band of neuronal tissue between the uh, parietal lobe and the frontal lobe. Um, but the cerebellum does have a role in movement, and it is the balance center of the brain. So... Um, what type of movement does it control? It controls learned movement. And so we've talked about the cerebellum in at least two episodes on this channel um, many times. And um, the the cerebellum is going to control um, things like learning or knowing how to fly fish, the movement in fly fishing, right? It's going to control like um, knowing how to ride a bike, Um you know, kick a football, stuff like that, memorized um, skills, basically, motor-based skills. Um, hypothalamus and pituitary, so both of these are going to con- coordinate um, brain a- automatic brain functions and um, hormone, hormone release, basically. Pituitary releases a vast majority of the body's hormones, and um, the hypothalamus releases a great deal of uh, neurotransmitters. So both of these regions are affected, and we will talk about their um, um, 
implications of activating these regions later. And then finally, the medulla. So the medulla oblongata, to be precise, is um, basic vital functions. So the medulla oblongata will control your you know, heart rate, breathing, etc., stuff like that, body temperature. Um, and when somebody is drinking alcohol, the medulla oblongata is affected because of alcohol's depressant effects, right? We, we already talked about how it um, increases the translation of GABA uh, and the release of GABA, and that acts on the medulla oblongata, and that's what causes slowed breathing, slowed heart rate, etc. And in instances of alcohol toxicosis or alcohol overdose, this is what causes the patient to stop breathing. This is what causes the, uh, the, the heart rate to go into the bradycardia zone, which is low, low heart rate, really low heart rate. And uh, this is the big issue. Um, so oftentimes when we talk about alcohol overdose, we talk about uh, breathing, you know, you want to make sure that somebody is able to breathe. Um, and, and this is why, this is one of the reasons why uh, breathing slows because of the effect on the medulla oblongata. So hypothalamus and pituitary. So when alcohol targets this region of the brain or when alcohol is in the blood, uh, it affects this region of the brain. And what happens is it increases the trans, uh, translation and release of various hormones, uh, some of which are like oxytocin, uh, testosterone. And so it will result in increased sexual desire, but ironically, uh, decreased sexual performance. Um, so for my older listeners out there, uh, it, it, it interferes with blood flow and, uh, prevents, um, prevents individuals from being able to actually carry through with intercourse. Um, but the desire is there, <laughs> So, um, alcohol increases sexual desire. It's just performance, eh, not so much. It kind of decreases that. Uh, and, and ironically, the reason it decreases that is because it has an inhibitory effect on the, um, the, the functions of the medulla oblongata, right? So, um, because of its action on the medulla oblongata, an individual cannot get erect, um, at least they can, but they can't really stay that way. So, so oftentimes with people who have drank a lot of alcohol, you know, you'll have erectile dysfunction because of the impact of on the medulla oblongata, uh, regulating blood flow throughout the body. Uh, but you'll still have desire, and it'll be increased libido, increased sexual desire. Cerebellum. So as we said, it's the center of learned movement and balance. So. When an individual is drinking alcohol, the alcohol will affect the cerebellum and cause a loss of balance and uncoordinated movements. This is why if you're drunk, don't ride a bike because most likely you'll fall over because you both can't balance and your ability to recall basic movements of how to ride a bike that you learn when, when you're like four, for example, or five will be impacted because of the impact on the cerebellum. 
Hippocampus, so when alcohol affects the hippocampus, this leads to memory loss. So for those of you who have experienced a blackout or a hangover where you wake up the next morning and you're like, I cannot remember what I did last night. That's This is why, because alcohol affects the hippocampus and it basically, it, it if I remember correctly, it's called a prograde interference. I'm, I'm not 100% sure on that. Um, you know, psych people in the audience, if I'm wrong about that, correct me, but it's basically when you cannot form new, new, inf- new memories, and uh, that's, that's basically what happens, and that's because alcohol affects the hippocampus, and you're not able to form really new memories, and so you forget what happens uh, once you reach a certain level of alcohol in your blood. You know, it won't happen like after one beer, um, but after maybe 10 beers, yeah, probably. Frontal lobes, um, and so because they control judgment, etc., higher level thinking, when alcohol affects these regions, um, you people people experience a loss of cognition, a loss of thought, memory, and judgment, right? So that's why when people are really drunk, they may be more likely to be like, you know what, I'm not that drunk, I can drive you home, don't worry, because the frontal lobe is being affected and various regions in the frontal lobe are being targeted, particularly the regions that um, control judgment. Ladies and gentlemen, that is it. That is what alcohol does to the brain. Um, I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Um, I know it was a long one, but really quickly before we leave, I would like to just briefly run over why hangovers uh, happen because of this. And it's really quick. The reason hangovers happen is because of a theory that explains the body's drug response, which is opponent process theory. And what opponent process theory states is basically that for every input, for every drug that you put in your body, the brain is going to react in the exact opposite of the way that drug is making your brain react. And so some people believe that it's because of this that you experience the hangover symptoms. Additionally, it's also because of the action on the hypothalamus and the pituitary, which decreases the release of vasopressin and causes dehydration. So it could be that too. At least the headache part is going to be because of dehydration. Ladies and gentlemen, I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Um, I know we didn't have an episode last week on, uh, you know, Monday or Friday, but, uh, um, you know, we're going to continue on Friday. I hope you guys have a lovely Monday, um, and I hope you guys enjoyed this episode and have a great week. I will see you guys all next time, and remember, as always, stand up and question everything.